Welcome to the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network, the podcast 10 for 10, which brings you the week's top 10 compliance stories curated together in one podcast each week. Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, brings you the compliance professional stories you need to be aware of at the end of your busy week. Sit back and in 10 minutes, hear about the stories every compliance professional should be aware of. Every Saturday, 10 for 10 highlights the most important news, insights, and analysis for the compliance professional, all curated by the voice of compliance, Tom Fox. Get your weekly filling of compliance stories with 10 for 10. Hosted by Tom Fox. 10 for 10 is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Stories for the week ending August 12, 2023. We begin with uh, that story from the Wall Street Journal, Risk and Compliance Journal, Dylan Tokar reporting that the American Bar Association has voted to amend its rules on client due diligence. They voted to adopt a revised rule which imposes a more explicit obligation to vet potential clients as part of an effort to quell concerns about the use of lawyers to facilitate money laundering and other financial crimes. In its annual meeting in Denver, it proposed amendments of the ABA rules of professional contact conduct rather require lawyers to assess the facts and circumstances of potentially representing a client. Under the new rules, lawyers would also be required to halt work for any client that wishes to use their services to commit a crime. Next up, also from the Wall Street Journal, Risk and Compliance Journal, this time David Smagagala reporting that the U.S. has broadened sanctions against Belarus. The Treasury Department marked the three-year anniversary of a disputed election of the current president, Belarus, by expanding sanctions on the country, targeting the country's flagship airline, three other companies, and a government official involved in suppressing a news site. OFAC said on Wednesday the broader sanctions responded to Belarus's complicity in Russia's war against Ukraine and its callous crackdown on Belarus pro-democracy movement. Next up from Reuters reports that the United States, Britain, and Canada on uh, Thursday announced sanctions against the former governor of Lebanon's central bank, accusing him of corrupt actions to enrich himself and his associates. The uh, longtime central banker denied these allegations um, and said he would challenge them, but you have to remember, this is Lebanon, and this is Lebanon's bank, and you can't get into a much more mucked-up place than the central bank of Lebanon. U.S. Treasury said that he abused his position of power likely in violation of Lebanese law to enrich himself and associates by funding, funneling hundreds of millions of dollars through layered shell companies to invest in European real estate. And our final story comes to us from the Financial Times, which reports that lawyers are now objecting to the PCAOB's proposed rules that would require auditors to take a deeper dive into fraud fraud risk, and compliance. The lawyers have objected, these are largely corporate lawyers, have objected 
that if lawyers have to provide such information to auditors, it might destroy the attorney-client privilege. I really don't think that um, that's the case, but you see the extent to which corporations are trying to fight this new PCAOB rule that auditors have to look at fraud, fraud risk, and compliance. But the lawyers have weighed in. We'll see if the PCAOB listens. Next up from the Washington Post, a very interesting article by a federal judge about uh, his push for the United States to join the International Anti-Corruption Court, or the IACC. Uh, This court, of course, is designed to hold kleptocrats to account when national courts uh, fail to do so and will tackle grand corruption perpetrated by the ruling elites around the world, which is uh, cost estimated up to $1 trillion. Uh, The judge, Mark Wolf, a former uh, judge in Boston and now a senior federal judge in Boston, says that uh, the toll of corruption is so great across the world that this uh, extraordinary effort needs to be uh, engaged in. It's very interesting to see a federal judge opine on this, so we'll see where this goes. Next up, uh, more messaging apps fines. Uh, As reported by the Wall Street Journal, Risk and Compliance Journal, Mingi Sun reporting that several firms, including Wells Fargo, uh, BNP Paribas, Bank of Montreal, Societe Generale, Mizuhu Financial, uh, and several brokerage firms were fined for uh, allowing or admitting that their employees used banned messaging apps that broke record-keeping rules. So the fines that uh, started last year continue to pile up over messaging apps, and regulated industries really need to get a handle on this, and they need to self-disclose to help to reduce their fines and penalties, and non-regulated industries need to start looking at this issue as well. Next up from the Wall Street Journal again, Risk and Compliance Journal again, this time Dylan Tokar reporting that Albermall, the uh, world's most valuable lithium producer, says it has reached a settlement in principle with U.S. authorities to resolve FCPA violations uh, and will pay $218.5 million to do so and has set aside that amount uh, for the payment. The agreement has not yet been finalized and would resolve allegations of FCPA violations, which the company voluntarily disclosed to the DOJ and SEC in 2018. So this could be a a big uh, FCPA settlement if it comes through. Next up, um, from the New York Times, it is a very interesting article on federal prosecutors attempting to recoup billions of dollars in pandemic aid from people who falsely obtained funds from the government that was designed to give businesses uh, money to keep the economy afloat during COVID. Um, the, the article speaks about various strategies being used by government prosecutors and novel approaches they are taking. Next up, uh, in some very sad news, a current, or rather now former presidential candidate in Ecuador, uh, Fernando Villavicenio, was shot dead on the campaign trail. He was a tireless anti-corruption campaigner and investigative journalist 
and pretty clearly he was assassinated in um, by various nefarious groups um, in Ecuador. So uh, sad news, he was a tireless fighter for anti-corruption, and Ecuador and the world indeed will certainly miss his passion around anti-corruption. Our final story today comes to us from Reuters, which reports that a ex-manager at Allianz must face U.S. fraud charges related to a $7 billion investor loss. A U.S. judge rejected fund manager Gregorio Turnanant's bid to dismiss a criminal case. In an order made public last week or early this week, federal district judge Laura Swain uh, denied the motion for dismissal of the five-count indictment, which also contains an obstruction charge. Of course, the defendant has pled not guilty. Uh, Swain plans to file a redacted memo containing her reasoning by mid-August. Her decision followed the July 12 approval by another federal judge of Allianz's $6 billion settlement with, the, uh, with U.S. authorities in which the German insurer pled guilty to a securities fraud claim. So uh, we will wait to see if there's a plea agreement or a trial in this case. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 10 for 10. As I mentioned in prior episode, this is the one request I've received most often from podcast listeners of the Daily Compliance News to put together a summary at week's end so that every compliance professional can catch up on the news quite quickly. So I hope you will subscribe, rate, and review this new podcast edition to the Compliance Podcast Network family, 10 for 10. If you've got an idea for a podcast, I'd love to hear from you. I start many shows based upon ideas from listeners. So give me a shout. You can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. 10 for 10 is a proud member of the Compliance Podcast Network.